Welcome back to the Simple Stories Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Max Lieberman, and today I'm talking to the one and only Danny Miranda, host of the Danny Miranda Podcast. In this episode, we talk about how Danny got started and some of the adversity he overcame. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Max G. Lieberman, or send me an email at thesimplebrand at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And here's Danny. Danny Miranda, welcome to the Simple Stories Podcast. It is amazing to have you here today, brother. It is an honor to be here. Thank you for having me, Max. Of course, of course. So for those of you who are tuning in who don't know Danny, uh, Danny, do you want to give him that 30-second intro? Sure, 30-second intro it is. I'm a podcaster, I'm a writer, I'm someone who loves life and just tries to express that in every moment. I have a podcast called Danny Miranda Podcast and tweet a lot and just trying to spread that love to anyone I can in any medium possible. Yes, I love that. And uh, before you started your podcast, you were actually having just, you know, random phone calls with strangers over Twitter. Tell me about that. Yeah. So the random phone calls with strangers was how I actually started my podcast was I just put out there on Twitter who wants to talk on the phone and then people like you responded randomly and we got connecting from that and it was those conversations that really convinced me that I should start a podcast because I was like man I'm learning so much I'm getting so much out of these phone calls people seem to be loving whatever I'm doing so why don't we record these and that's what the podcast has basically turned into I love that yeah and so for for those tuning in, uh, Danny, I think I, it was early December of 2020, and you posted on Twitter, how can I help you today? And I just kind of, I messaged you back, I said, uh, can we talk? And you said, DM me your phone number. Literally two minutes later, I get a phone call from, uh, you know, your number, and you, we just had a conversation. I was expecting, hey, this is going to be five, 15 minute convo. Ended up turning into an hour long conversation. Yeah. And, uh. You know, it kind of speaks to, to who you are as a, as a person. You know, it's not just like a, a Twitter facade, really. You know, yeah. you're really out there to have genuine conversations with people. And, uh, you know, where did that kind of start for you? So it started for me when I started to go inward and I started to meditate. And, you know, we have all these or I had all these layers to myself of like, society's beliefs, your friends' expectations, this, that, and the other. And what happened was once I started to identify those and unravel those and really get in touch with who I was because I was going inward, because I was meditating every day, I just started to feel the sense of love and compassion for myself and other people and curious about other people and curious about how does the world work? Why does it work this way? What's the best way we can go about spreading love and kindness to others? And I wasn't always like that, but from going inward, from meditating, I changed the complexion of who I was, man, and completely rewired myself. And that's why I think it's the most important habit, the most important habit that I preach about and tell people about. And if you want to do it, great. If you don't, also great. Like, it's totally up to you. But personally, it just shifted me 
And that's where the phone calls, that's where the attitude of how can I help starts. And, and I'm, I'm grateful to see that it, it pays off with the connection. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, as many things in life do, uh, meditation has this stigma around it. Same thing as maybe yoga and some of, I guess these more Eastern practices, especially in like a Western society. So what did it take for you to kind of explore that? It took someone that I really respected and admired to say it enough times and not say it like, say it that you have to do this, but just say like, this is something that I do. This is something that I do. This is, and I I heard that enough times and I was like, okay, I guess I'll have to bite the bullet and actually do this because clearly this played a huge role in this person that I respect and admire. So it will probably play a role in my life as well. And when I first started it, man, I hated doing it. I hated meditation. It was so nauseating and my thoughts, they're scattered all over the place and it it was tough. And And it's not something that gets easy per se, but it does get easier. And so, yeah, it took someone to use as an example, a role model and say, okay, I'd like to be like that person. And this is something that helped them. So let me just try this out. Yeah. And and speaking of consistency, you know, take me back to the beginning of your podcast too. How did you set yourself up so that you could produce on a consistent weekly basis? Yeah. So I had this goal of just starting a podcast when I was having these phone calls with people and I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. And then what happened was when you start, you realize you have to do all these things. You have to set up a logo. You have to get an intro. You have to do this, that, and the other. And it's like, wow, there's a lot of things to learn here all of a sudden. So I, because I couldn't just start the podcast on the next day after deciding it, I said, okay, I'm going to set a launch date out from one month from now. And so I started recording August 23rd, 2020. And I set a launch date of September 23rd, 2020. And so I just started recording episodes and having conversations with people and enjoying the process of that. And eventually, the day that I get to September 23rd, 2020, I have 20 episodes in the backlog. And I'm saying to myself, oh my God, like I have I recorded 20 episodes in 30 days. Like, wow. Like, I didn't even realize I did that. I'm like, just enjoying it, talking to cool people. And then I was like, okay, I got to do these three a week. I got to set this up where I, I can't release these one a, one once a week because then I'll get to that point, you know, 20 weeks from now. So I just set myself up by creating that backlog and without even realizing, just enjoying the process of recording. Did you feel that that kind of took a huge weight or pressure off you to be on it every week and kind of have up weeks because, you know, everybody's got up weeks and they got down weeks in terms of energy levels or whatever it is. Totally. Yeah. It was hugely beneficial because I was able to say to myself, wow, I really want to record a bunch of episodes now where other people are available this week and seven people are available. Like, let me just get those seven out of the way. It's it was such a, a beautiful thing because then I could mix and match it to my own schedule. Yes. And you said something really important that I don't know if a lot of people will catch on, but you said you gave yourself a start date, like a deadline. How important has that been in your process? 
Yeah. I would say the biggest thing that's been helpful is like one starting right away, right? So starting right away, it's August 23rd. I'm just going to start recording. Like I know I'm not going to be perfect. I know that's, that's not going to be my episodes at the beginning are not going to be where my final form comes from. Let me just get those out of the way because if you want to get to episode 1000, you first need to do episode one. Like there's no other way. Um, And then setting the date of like September 23rd and announcing it publicly was like, here's some accountability. Like people are expecting this podcast. They know I've been recording. And not only that, the people who I recorded with now expect to see themselves out there. And if I don't release this, then I'm going to let those people, I'm going to waste their time basically. And I didn't want to do that. And there was some hesitation on September 21st, September 22nd. I'm saying to myself, does the world really need another podcast? Like, what am I actually doing here? Why am I doing this? Should I really put this out into the world? And I'm so grateful. I didn't listen to those voices and just powered through and set that date and started uploading. Yeah. And you've had quite a bit of a growth trajectory over those few months, really. What was your goal going into the process? My goal was to record and publish 100 episodes. If I could do that, the entire project would be a success. And that got done. And that got finished. And I was like, wow, I did that. Like I, I set myself to something. I listened to the voices on the outside, but stayed clear and focused on my mission. And that got done. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And big congratulations on that because, uh, a lot of times, um, I think, you know, the statistic for podcasting is majority of podcasts don't even have five episodes published. Right. And the fact that you had made 20 before you even went public with it just kind of already shows you were going to be ahead of 50% of podcasts out there. And it was only the intention to just not stop and get to that hundred that brought you to where you are today. Yeah. And I still feel that same level like, oh, just keep going. Just keep pushing. Like, enjoy the process. Enjoy those conversations. Keep at it. Foot on the throat. Foot on the gas. Like, you're you're getting there. You're, you're going there. You're making progress. You're not where you want to be, but you are making progress. And there is something beautiful about momentum because you're in that place of like, getting big time guests, people you dreamed about, getting, you know, having a better conversation today than you would have three months ago. That's such a beautiful feeling, man. And you got the momentum, keep it going, keep it rolling. And sticking to those publishing dates has been so critical of like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, people expect new episodes then. And I don't even know if people do expect new episodes then, but in my head, they do. And in my head, there's 10,000, there's a hundred thousand, there's a million people waiting to receive that episode. And it's only a matter of time until that's the truth, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, it's 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 a journey. And I think by putting some of that pressure on yourself is actually beneficial in the long run. Because again, you know, these podcasts, once you record them, they're out there. They're out there kind of for as long as you want them to be before you delete them. So I guess the goal is, yeah, get a million listens um, eventually and just kind of grow that. And, uh, you know, I want to talk to you about internal versus external goal setting, because you said, I'm going to publish a hundred episodes. 
there was nothing about I want this many people to listen to it. There's I don't want this many followers. Talk to me about that. There's no there's no way you get all of the external without focusing on the internal first. And the internal is really all that matters. And I first realized this when I started to go to the gym. And this was in 2017, I believe. And I'm just counting the number of workouts I completed, right? I'm just like, okay, got my first one, got fourth, seventh, 10th, 12th, 17th. And I'm like, wow, I've worked out now 25 times. Like, okay, this is good. And it was just about the process. And then what happened was I did this in the summer. And so I go back to school and people are like, dude, did you take steroids? What's going on? Like, this is crazy. Like you got so jacked. What happened? Like, and I'm like, oh my God, I've just been focusing on the process, focusing on the internal. And now people are noticing on the external. And that was just an eight week period of time. And so that always stuck in my head. Like, okay, I could do that the same thing for anything else. Let me do it for podcasting. Let me, let me do it for meditation. And anything I want to get better at, I just focus on that internal process and know that the results will come just not to expect them today or tomorrow. Just trust the process. And as a, as a follow-up to that, you know, you're also now publicly building on YouTube, working towards a thousand YouTube videos in a year, which yes. it's, it's, it's a pretty, you know, extensive, like rigorous goal. I mean, I, not a lot of people will realize how much a thousand videos actually is, you know, yeah. that's, that's more than one video a day. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's three or four a day is we got to put up there. Um, I think there's something like 200 something days left in the year. So I've got 280 or some videos right now. I got to put up three or four a day and those are going to be clips from the podcast. And, you know, the way I think about it is like when that viral moment comes, if it's next year or five years from now, I want people to have a binge worthy content library to go to when they discover me. And that's what building up to a thousand is. And it's like, how could you expect to, to get where I want to get to without putting in the reps of the videos themselves? Was there a time in your life? Because I sensed that there was a time where things changed for you, where, you know, you weren't always focused on the internal and you were looking for the external validation because anybody who goes through this growth comes to a point in their life when they realize something isn't working. Yeah. For me, it was doing 75 hard for the first time. And this is a program, a 75 day program where for 75 days straight, you have to drink a gallon of water. You have to read 10 pages of a nonfiction book. You have to do two workouts a day, 45 minutes. One of them has to be outside. You have to follow a diet and you have to take a progress picture and you have to do this every single day. And I'm doing this program and I'm like, okay, so this is difficult. This is tough. And I'm have to focus on this process of exactly what I can control. And I can't be worried about what people are going to say. I can't be worried about the external results. I just have to focus on the process and controlling that. And so doing this program, doing the reps day after day after day, it made me realize like, oh, anything I want, I just need to follow this plan. And that changed me from a short-term thinker into a long-term thinker. That changed me from someone who was focused on the external of what can I look like to the internal of like, 
let me focus on the reps. If you notice, you know, I didn't even realize this until just now, but I think my last Instagram post, which is like a way to show the world who you are. I think that's, I did it uploaded in October of 2019 and October of 2019 was probably 30 days into the program. And so after that, I've been so focused on the internal and what can I do that I haven't really thought about how should I present myself to the world? It's just been, let me focus on the reps. So thank you for helping me realize that because I personally hadn't thought about that until this moment. That's really interesting. And, uh, it's really interesting that you bring that up, um, the, you know, focusing on how do I look? And I think that contrasts with how do I feel? Yeah. You know, because Instagram, as you mentioned, it's this external portrayal of, hey, look at me smiling. Look at how buff I am. Look at me, you know, traveling the world. But if you feel good inside, you don't need people to comment and like your photos. Yep. That's the truth. And it reminds me of something like that one of my guests said, I don't know if this is true, but the idea that the more times you post on Instagram about how great your relationship is, the more likely it is that something actually is wrong in the relationship. And I just said that. I don't know if that's true, but if it is, I could understand it because it's showing the world how you want to look. Um, and the same thing goes for the personal accomplishments or whatever, but how you feel, I think, is something that no one can take away from you and you're not trying to gain it from anybody. And from that place of feeling whole, can you then express your truest version of yourself if you're going to write about it or you're going to create something or you're going to have a podcast? It's like, I'm not doing these things, not writing. I'm not putting my podcast out there to show the world I am someone. I am just simply expressing who I am. And that's such a beautiful place to create from. Yeah. I came across this photo on, on Instagram, I think. And it was, uh, there was a mirror and an apple. And so in the reflection of the mirror, you could see, you know, this beautiful looking apple. But what the mirror didn't see was that there was a bite taken out of the apple. And so wow. it, it paints that picture of this is what you show the world but there's hidden traumas that you don't see. Now, the difference between a human and, you know, an apple that's already been taken, you know, had a bite taken out of it, is that humans are able to, if they confront those traumas, they're actually able to heal and, and close that void a little bit. But I think that there's a certain amount of courage that goes into that. And meditation is a great way to actually realize some of that trauma because we go through life sometimes not even recognizing that, wow, I don't actually feel good about myself. And some of the actions I'm taking are because of that. Absolutely. And it takes time to sit with yourself and it takes time to think about who you are as a person and where you've been and why you did the things you did. You need that time to either meditate or to go to therapy or to have, or go on a walk by yourself to have that awareness about the self, or at least personally I did. I don't think everyone did, does, but I did, you know? And, um, and that's beautiful when you finally come to those realizations and then can begin to heal that apple and heal yourself. It's just a, a beautiful feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's also an element of uh, not playing small, 
right? Like, don't be a victim of, of circumstance. And I know in previous calls, life hasn't always been easy for you. And it can be very easy to succumb to the external pressures that we're feeling and internalize some of the thoughts and, and play the victim and, you know, become somebody who isn't able to overcome their challenges. But you released a, a podcast actually, you know, with I think Tej Dosa about yourself and your story. And I went on to write a blog post about this and I said it was um, kind of like the hero's journey, right? Going from one life, and I want you to talk about this if, if you're willing, going from one life that wasn't what you wanted and figuring out that, hey, I have the power to do what I want. Yeah. It was, it was tremendously difficult to go from the place of focus on the external, not even aware of myself, to going to the internal and becoming aware and being able to express myself and being able to do what I said I was going to do. It was someone who always, always would say I was going to do something and then not follow through. And it, it got to the point where after looking at myself, after going inward, after meditating, after realizing like, oh, you've been doing this same old pattern. Well, now we're aware of the pattern. Now we can break the pattern. That was such an exciting thing for me. And, you know, I was just in this place of, of depression and upset and like not knowing where I wanted to go in my life, but using that as fuel in a sense to realize if I could get myself out of this, who else can I help? And that thought motivated me so much and excited me. And I was like, man, like, okay, I'm going to use this moment right here. I, I don't know what this moment is here for, but eventually I will figure out why it's here and I will be able to use this for my benefit at some point. Do you feel like looking inward is is kind of like being a third, uh, like looking at yourself through the third person? Yeah, absolutely. It is. It 100% is. And I know that to be true because when I went away for five days with no technology and only had time to look inward, read books and look inward is what I did for five days. I felt after day three, like I had been viewing my life in third person. So what does that tell you? That tells you that going inward, meditating is looking at yourself in third person. And you only get that for a sliver. Maybe it's 20 minutes. Maybe that's an hour. But if you extend that time frame, you'll see your entire life as like, whoa, I see exactly where I'm going wrong. I see Because in the day-to-day, -day, we're so we're so unattached to what we're actually doing. We have this perspective of like, I'm doing this in this podcast. I'm approaching this this way. But if I were to give myself three days to think about it with just, that's the only thing I could think about. I'd be like, oh, I noticed where I said something wrong there. I noticed where I did really well. You'd see yourself as at a bird's eye view. And that's such a beautiful place because when you do, you can then change and shift and be like, oh, I'm going to use, I'm going to use this phrase instead of that phrase, or I'm going to do this instead of that. And you can then make life a beautiful masterpiece that you're writing as you're seeing it in third person. And I wonder if that's kind of where your obsession with books stems from, because as uh, as a reader, you are 
um, many times a third person viewer into somebody else's life, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. But if it, especially when it's nonfiction, you're a third person looking into somebody else's life as they're talking about, you know, their story, their realizations, and you really kind of get to internalize that and sometimes even say, hey, like that really resonates with me and I'm going to adopt that as part of my own story. Yeah, you get the chance to get all of someone's wisdom in 100 or 200 or 300 pages. Like the things that they've been thinking about for the past year or two years or five years, that is available to you. What would you purchase someone's mind for? Like what would you purchase Steve Jobs' mind or, or Gary Vaynerchuk's mind or these incredible people? How much would you buy like infinite and you get this this for 29.99 or or 19 bucks it's like okay i would love to learn about this person's mind like tell me more and so yeah books are an incredible way to look at third person they're an incredible way to gain knowledge and just extremely grateful for them and it doesn't end there though i was reading something that basically said you know books are a great way to kind of learn and kind of absorb information. But the next step is to then be creative and write and, and expel your own information. And you went through a writer's boot camp with, with David Peril. Um, so, so tell me a bit, little bit about what that was like and what it was like to kind of, you know, draw from all these different resources and then kind of start writing on your own. And I know you have your own uh, newsletter, Tuesday Treasure, which I'm a subscriber of, which uh, for anybody tuning in, check it out. It's an awesome resource hub. So tell me a little bit about that that writing experience too. Yeah, I've always been a writer. I've always identified as a writer. When I was 13 years old, I was writing a blog on time management. 15, I was writing a blog on the Knicks. And so I've always thought of myself as a writer primarily. And, you know, writing was just how I was most comfortable expressing myself and communicating. And what, what's been really cool is like learning video and audio and I'm learning these things by doing them. But going through David Perel's Rite of Passage was really cool because he just teaches you to be a citizen of the internet, which is what I've been doing for from 13 to 15 and, and making connections that way. I love making friends on the internet. I love using it as a great way to connect with people who are similar to me. And he just teaches that on steroids, basically. So that, that was a really cool experience. Yeah, I love that. I love, I love that term, citizen of the internet. Um, because, and, and I think this is really important, a lot of people don't think of the internet as a place of citizenship, you know? Um, people write nasty comments that they would never say to somebody in person on the internet. And here you are approaching it as, hey, I'm going to spread love and light and, and help empower other people. And I think that that, in any good society, whether it's a, you know, or I guess social setting, whether it's a, you know, a school, the workplace, that's what you'll find leaders do. And I love that term citizen of the internet, because you're embodying that by being your truest self and helping others realize their own potential too. Yeah, I think that if you look at any community, if you look at any party, if you look at any country, there's going to be bad and there's going to be good, right? Like there's going to be people using that place or that situation 
to tear others down, or you're going to see people bring others up. Like it's going to happen. People thought that the internet was going to be this utopia, but what they quickly found out was that it just was easier to troll and, and to, to say things that you wouldn't say in person. So that's cool. Like do that. That's fine. But also don't do that. And like, there's place for everything is what I'm saying. And, and you do whatever you want to do and use whatever the resource you, you want to use in whatever way you want to use it. I'm going to use it to bring others up. And I hope that more people use that as an example to follow my lead. But if not, that's cool. Do you? I'm, I'm completely content with where I am. <laughs> and everybody has their own right to curate their feed, right? Um, whatever it is you want to follow. Yeah. You know, whatever your is you're interested, go do that. But also realize that the internet creates a bubble, right? You only, you start, and then the problem is you forget to look for other resources. Like there are 7 billion people in this world. I don't know how many are connected to the internet, but there are a, a large portion. Now I know there's huge inequalities when it comes to internet access, but there is still an incredibly large population of people connected to the internet and it's impossible to follow everybody, but you have to be like a curator for yourself. Who are some of the people you really find yourself drawing inspiration from? Yeah. So I'll give you a couple who I've recently been, been looking at and, and following and been, been fascinated by one is David Perel, of course. Um, another is Chris Williamson over. He's the host of the modern wisdom podcast. I love the way he mm -hmm. hosts podcasts. I love his thoughts. He's a great writer as well. Um, I really like Andrew Schultz. I've been, I've been looking at his comedy and his podcasting and I've been going back to his more recent, his earlier episodes and see how he's evolved as a podcast host. Um, I love the way he communicates and comedy is, is just another form of communication. And that's really what I'm doing with the podcast. So it's cool to see him do that. Um, you know, those are three really fascinating characters I follow online, but there, there are so many others and you could go to my, my following list and you see everyone that I'm following recently on Twitter at Hey Danny Miranda, but those are three good ones. Yeah, no, those are solid options. Um, I think it's 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 super interesting. Did you ever find yourself kind of unfollowing certain people as you were trans making this transition to, uh, I guess, finding your own voice, right? Because I feel like that's what this podcast experience has all been about. I mean, especially that's what it's been for me. Yeah, I definitely have unfollowed some people that I think were spreading hate or spreading negativity in some way. And... I can recognize that so easily because that was me for so long and coming from a place of fear and not analyzing my own judgments or expectations and not being aware of those. And instead, because I wasn't aware, I would then try to tear people down. And it's so obvious for me. If you look at my tweets from 2018, 2019, you could find me really just trying to propel myself up by putting other people down, by putting down people who work nine to five jobs or like people who didn't agree with the way that I was living. I was like, screw those people is how I was thinking. And it's like, that isn't representative of me anymore because I've looked inward, because I've meditated, because I want to spread kindness and love and positivity. 
And so I'm so easily aware of those people and accounts that are scared and, and fearful and using that and unaware and using that as a way to put others down. So yeah, I've unfollowed a bunch of people. Did you feel like an imposter in your own body when you were making that switch? Because I can imagine it's kind of, you might even, even though it feels like you're promoting something real, it could also feel like you're being disingenuous. And I think that comes from more of what are people thinking about me kind of uh, tension. But, yeah, for me, yeah. for me, it was tough because I was like, is this even real? Like, is this love and joy I'm feeling real? Because two months ago, I was depressed and like actually couldn't get out of bed. And now I'm feeling over the moon and joyful and, and so excited. And the answer was that, yes, it was real. But it was like, that was myself having the transition and questioning if it was actually here to stay or what that was or what, why did I feel such love and connectedness to all things? It was just because I was doing the things that I knew I should have been doing to begin with. I was working out twice a day. I was taking cold showers. I was meditating. I was doing all the things that are obviously good for you. But yeah, it was it was a weird, I, I was like, what's going on? And I was like, is this really me? So yeah, you hit yeah. the nail on the head. Yeah. When you kind of look back at your journey and it, obviously there's much, you know, a long road ahead. Um, you know, you mentioned books. Are you familiar with The Alchemist? Yeah, of course. One of your favorites. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for those of you who might not know what The Alchemist is, it's a great book kind of about a personal life journey. And there's a lot of stuff that kind of happens in our life that maybe gives us signs or points us in the direction of what we're actually supposed to be doing. When you think about your journey, what have been some of your favorite alchemist moments? The signs that that pointed in the direction. Yeah, that I mean, you were on the one, right path. Yeah, one one thing that was like weird was three people telling me separately that I should start a podcast. That was like, whoa, like, okay, this is crazy. This is too much to to not actually pursue. Um, Cause I didn't see that in myself for so long, but it was so obvious when other people started to point it out to me and I started enjoying conversations with random strangers on the internet. Um, another was Gary Vaynerchuk as a, as a guest on episode 39 of my podcast. Like to think about that opportunity, that is something that I would be, thinking about working for a decade to accomplish, like get Gary Vaynerchuk on my podcast. For that to happen at episode 39 was a major sign from the universe. Like, keep going. You're on the right path. Like, this is, this makes sense for you. Another is like Tom Bilyeu coming on the mm -hmm. podcast more mm -hmm. recently. But I get those mo moments and signs every day, man. When people tell me I've been listening to the podcast, I enjoy it so much. Thank you. It probably it definitely happens once a week and it is a push, a nudge, like, yep, you're on the right path, keep going. And so it's uh it's a beautiful feeling. Yeah, I love that, man. I love that. And I'm looking at behind you and you have a ticket on your wall that says one life on it. Um, welcome to the party, right? <laughs> <laughs> it this is not a dress rehearsal. Like this is it. So 
for anyone listening, it's like if you're doing something that you really don't like doing and you've been that way for months, first of all, I feel you. I've been there. Second of all, you can change. You can make that change. We only got one life. Let's make the most out of it. So if you're not doing what you want to be doing, screw that. Turn that turn that ticket in and and start going with what your heart desires. And it's going to be, it might be a lonely path and it might be a difficult path, but it's one I'm grateful to have taken. Yeah. And I want to talk about that for a minute. And I want to talk about roadblocks. Um, and Steve Jobs said something that was really, really, I felt empowering when he talks about do what you have passion for, because when you are passionate and things do get difficult, things do get hard, you will find ways to overcome it. I know that this podcasting journey and in, in what you've been on for this past year has not been always easy. You know, the Gary Vaynerchuk's, the Tom Bilyeu's, those are the highlights. What have been some of those roadblocks, you know, biggest roadblocks and how did you kind of propel yourself to overcome those? The biggest roadblock that I've had is, was first of all, on September 21st or 22nd, deciding that maybe I shouldn't even publish these episodes. That was one major roadblock. But one more recent one that I, I have to deal with is the editing of the podcast. I enjoy the conversation so much, but the editing does not come naturally to me. And for that reason, I've kept it light on the editing and really show my flaws and show the ums and the ahs and the mistaken questions, all that stuff. I want people to see the progression if they listen to episode 1000, like, wow, look where he was episode 100. But you know, the way I get over the roadblock of editing is by putting in perspective of what I want to accomplish and what I want to help people do. Like the editing is such a small thing. And so for me, I think about it like, okay, I don't want to edit this, but guess what? I want to help people pursue the highest versions of themselves. I want to do something for a profession that fires me up. I want to express my gift of interviewing. I want to get better as an interviewer. I want all these things. I want to get to the next level. So what needs to happen? This editing needs to happen right now in order to get to that point. And so putting it in perspective and zooming out whenever I think about like, oh, I really don't want to edit this podcast and record this intro. Like, think about it from the big picture. This is a small thing. And in order to get to that big picture place you want to go, you need to today, right now in this moment, do what you need to do. So to use Simon Sinek's terminology, you are attaching the what and even the how to your broader why. Absolutely. I, I think that's something that's not often talked about. Everyone wants to be pursuing their dream and to feel like every step of the way has to feel like this, you know, I'm like my dream is, you know, stepping on clouds. But the reality is sometimes we have to do stuff we don't want to do in order to achieve the broader idea or goal. And that's, that's beautiful that you, that you brought that up. Absolutely. And I think about it also like Jocko Willink going to war and that was his, his mission, his why, his dream was to be a soldier. And he's going to war and he comes back, he comes back from the war and they force him to start doing some paperwork. And he doesn't want to do his paperwork. This is the most meaningless thing in the world to him. He was just in the, at the war. He was just shooting people and, and actually he thought actually serving. But then what he did was he said to himself, okay, 
I'm going to put this paperwork in perspective. If I don't do this paperwork, then we can't send a troop overseas. If I, if we can't send a troop overseas, then the actual meaning and what I think is the meaning will not be able to be done. So I need to do this paperwork right now because this is as important as what actually is happening on the battlefield and zooming out. And when he said that, I was like, that's so true. I'm going to use that and keep that in my back pocket. And what I do is not comparing to war by any means, but I think about what Jocko says as perspective and having perspective for the small things so that they can help you with the big things. And that's what I'm doing with the editing. It's better to be a, a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Yeah. I Now, I didn't come up with that. I think that's some a Chinese proverb or something I got from Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> I but love it. I, I think it's it's so important that, um, you know, you prepare for the broader picture. But when it comes to doing the other, I don't want to call it menial, but stuff that maybe doesn't click with you as much, you do it because you know it's meaningful and that it will provide meaning down the road. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, Danny, thank you so much for joining the Simple Stories podcast today. I'm so excited to have you here, and uh, I always love catching up with you. Yeah, this has been a pleasure. I love your peace and presence, man. It's so beautiful, and you're a great host, and thank you for having me. Much love, brother. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Simple Stories podcast. As always, a big shout out and thank you to our very special guest for joining us today. And I'd love to hear how you like the episode. You can find me on Twitter at Max G. Lieberman or send me an email at thesimplebrand at gmail.com. If you did enjoy the episode, I'd love for you to leave a review at the Apple Store iTunes podcast section. It certainly helps me keep producing the show, and I'd love to hear any feedback, comments, or any, any, anything you might um, like to share about the show. I really look forward to hearing from you. 